This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on what is a very big week with football right around the corner. And let me just tell you that um as we post this podcast, be looking for podcasts daily this week. Be looking for some special podcasts and some big things. So don't miss it because you're going to kick yourself if you do. we got some big stuff coming your way this week, and I promise. So stay tuned. Now, obviously, you can get the podcast on the Bet Rivers Network or wherever you get your podcast distributed. So, uh, and we're ready for the football season. And for all your wagering needs, go to Bet Rivers uh, everywhere and where it is still play sugar house. It's play sugar house. Otherwise it's bet rivers everywhere and uh, go to their app and you'll have everything you need for this football season, which is now, uh, right around the corner as we are ready to get things kicked off in about a uh, little more than 24 hours. Um, interesting morning as you wake up in New York, uh, with the baseball season. The Yankees always like when the Twins are around. It's like chicken soup. I mean, no matter how bad things are, things get better when the Twins are around. That's just the way it is with the Yankees. But when you look at the Yankees right now, yes, they're holding off whoever they have to hold off. Obviously, Tampa is the most lethal of the group. But the bottom line is, when you look at the team, whether they win this division or not, and I think they will hold on and win this division, they are not going into the playoffs as any kind of serious World Series threat. Their offense is unbelievably bad right now. Why anybody would ever on the opposition pitch the judge, I have no idea. I would not throw him anything to hit at any time, no less three and four times a game. The other Yankee numbers are staggering. You know, you don't have Rizzo on the lineup. You lose Benatendi. Stanton's two of his last 26, five of his last 51. Torres has done nothing since the All-Star break. He's four of his last 28 with one RBI. LeMayo's, LeMayo's eight for 59, one for 20, one RBI. Hicks is five of his last 40, hasn't hit a lick all year. Trevino has cooled off. He's two for his last 21. I go down the list, one after another, after another, after another. Nobody hits except Judge. And they don't have a real closer. The only chance they have is Holmes. And Holmes, let's be honest, he was absolutely extremely fortunate not to lose the game in Tampa. I mean, Florio makes the catch. You could get, you could make some uh, comments about the Tampa base running. Bottom line is, everything's an adventure. 
They don't have a closer they can count on in a big spot, not to take into the postseason. They don't have any offense that is going anywhere right now other than Judge, who is having an incredible season. And they are limping to the finish line. Now, the biggest story today is the Mets. For the first time in 147 days, 147 days, not a week, not a month, not two months, 147 days, they share first place with the Braves, having lost three straight games, not just three straight games to the Nats and to the uh, Pirates, but being outscored 22-4 to by two terrible teams, not losing a game on a freaky play, not having one bad game where just things got out of hand. They've lost three games by 22 to four. When Marte gets hit by pitchers out of the lineup, that's a huge hole. When Alonzo's not hitting, this offense doesn't work. They did not answer their problems at the trade deadline because the guys they brought in have not gotten the job done. They are right now a team that is really, really anemic offensively and has to rely, like today, with a doubleheader, rely on the pitching with DeGrom and Bassett. If that doesn't get it done with arrested Diaz against the Bucks then nothing will. And you would think they would bounce back today. Both teams on this Wednesday facing double headers. And they both could use a good afternoon of, and evening of games here. Listen, these teams have had good seasons. The Yankee season was cemented as being good by the 1st of July because they had done so much but they've been in the worst 50-game tailspin that the Yankees have been in since the days of Stump Merrill. They have hit the skids. They have hit a very, very dry patch. They are not, right now, a very good baseball team. And the Mets are going through the first real skid they've gone through in a long time. And now Buck's got to bring them out of it. And they can do it because they're going to face really bad teams. And, you know, sometimes in September when you face some kids who are hungry and there's no pressure on a team, yeah, those teams can be a pain in the neck. Don't think they're not. I'd rather face a veteran team that was got the cause double parked than face a bunch of kids who are trying to impress somebody. And these teams got some kids. And a couple of them are dangerous. So right now, after what has been a very good spring and mostly a good summer for the Yankees and a very good spring and a very good summer for the Mets, as we hit September and head towards the month of decision, these teams have got to get themselves together in the best way they possibly can. And right now, the Yankee problems run much deeper, but the Mets have got to be careful. And they got to find some guys they can rely on in that lineup offensively. I'm not worried about the Mets defensively, I'm not worried, I'm, and I'm not worried about their pitching. I'm not worried about Scherzer. Maybe that's wrong, but I, I'm not really worried right yet. I have to see more to be worried. And with Bassett and DeGrom, and obviously with Diaz, the season he's had, and even but they've gotten that out of Vino, 
I'm not worried about the Met pitching. You are worried about their offense because it is so reliant on what happens with Marte, Lindor, and Alonzo. When Alonzo doesn't hit, that offense doesn't work. And they need some help throughout that lineup. And the Yankees, they're almost in a trance, other than Judge. And like I said, why would you ever, ever throw the ball near Judge? Why would you ever? Looking at the rest of this lineup right now. Let somebody else beat you, please. Not give him a pitch to hit a homer every week, every day. I mean, my God, it's unbelievable the pitching he gets, considering how bad the lineup is around him. And the guys behind him have been automatic outs. Like we said, big week, a lot of football, a lot of football to do. We're not going to do it today, but we're going to do it for you right around the corner. And we got a lot going on this week, so stay tuned because if not, you'll miss it. We'll get to the emails right after this. Want to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at podcast at gmail.com. All right, here we go. podcast at gmail.com for to send an email uh, or comment, a question, whatever you want, okay? Kevin starts us off. Kevin Durant decided to stay in Brooklyn. Can they make it work? Uh, are Marks and Nash safe? Can they win the championship? Uh, This is the only way it could work. I think he had to stay. I think they had to keep him. I don't like what's going on there. They've really screwed up the franchise. I don't think they will be a championship team. But listen, Durant is still one, despite all his flaws, and he has shown to have a lot of character flaws. He is, when he's on his game, probably now the best player, because LeBron's getting older, probably now the best player in basketball when he's at the height of his game. At the height of his game. And he won't be there for much longer. But right now I'd say he still is, at the height of his game, the best player. But he's got to prove that day in and day out and get his act together. But I don't think they will be a championship team. Mike emails, Lawrence came out of high school called Can't Miss, guaranteed that he'd be a great quarterback. Then he did almost nothing his first year. Was it all Urban Meyer's fault? What do you think of him coming into the league? First of all, I loved him coming into the league, and I still love him. As a matter of fact, nothing he did last year to me was a cause for concern. I was actually impressed by him last year. Let me say why. Number one, he was probably in the most toxic, dysfunctional team atmosphere that any first-year superstar to be quarterback faced in the last couple of generations. The whole thing was incredibly rancid. It was something that didn't work at all. This kid not only never said a word, he never used it as an excuse. He played every down. He played every game. He took every hit. He suffered every drop. He suffered more drops than anybody in the league last year, over 40 drops last year. He got hit. He had no team around him. He played hard. He tried hard. He got better as the year went on. He still made some dumb mistakes. 
rookie quarterbacks are going to make him. Go back and look at what Troy Aikman did. He didn't win a game his first year. He got replaced by Walsh. Go back and look what Peyton Manning did. He won three games his first year. This kid had 12 touchdowns. He could have had a lot more. He had 17 intercepts. He played all year. He threw 600 passes. He played the whole season. He fought hard. He tried hard. And he showed you that he's going to be a star quarterback. I don't have one doubt in my mind he's going to be a big star in this league for the next 10 to 15 years. And his new head coach compares him favorably to Brett Favre, who only was a three-time MVP and a Hall of Fame quarterback. So if you're being compared to Brett Favre, I think, you know what? You're in the right place. I think he's going to be a NFL superstar in the years to come. It wasn't going to happen in one year, and he was faced with the worst year, and he never asked to be benched. He never asked for time off. He never, ever made one public excuse. He took everything on his shoulders. That's what you want in a player. I think he did everything right last year, and I think he's going to be a great player. Fran from Long Beach, Yankees are the new Notre Dame, part of the conversation each year at the start, but not really a threat to win at all. I don't think the Yankees are Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a team that at best is always going to be in the second half of the first part of the top ten, meaning that five is as high as they're going. They can't beat the elite. They can't beat Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, those teams sprinkle in somebody else year to year, like an LSU if they're really good. Not with Kelly, though. I think he's off to a bad start. And obviously, but those schools, the big four right now, Georgia, Bama, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson in their own league. Notre Dame below that. The Yankees are better than that, but let's be honest. This year, everyone thought, oh, this is the season we have the juggernaut. I always thought it was ridiculous how this team was being compared to the 98 team. Despite how hot it was, I never thought it was that good. I don't, I've never liked this group of Yankees. I've made that very clear through the years, and I still don't. And I don't think it's a championship team. Matthew joins us and says, this may sound like a strange question, but uh, have you thought about the fact that Cashman's been in the same exact role for 25 years? Isn't 25 years too long for any person to spend as a GM? Well, it is if things aren't going well. And let's be honest. If the Yankees crash and burn this year in the postseason, I think Cash and Boone are both in trouble. And I think legitimately they deserve to be in trouble. Now, their records are both... Excellent. But the idea is to win a championship, and that hasn't happened in a long time. And let's be honest, the Yankees, uh, other than 2009, have been to the World Series once in the last 20 years. And that's not good enough in any generation. Philly, I curious about your take on Tarkenton and Starbuck in today's high-powered offenses. I think they would be great, fun, and exciting. Your thoughts? Well, I don't compare Starbuck and, and Tarkenton. Tarkenton was a scrambler. Starbuck was so much more than just Roger the Dodger. He was, in my mind, as great a football player as we've ever seen play in the NFL. I admit I would always put Jim Brown as the best player to ever play in the NFL, but 
Roger Staubach would rank in my top five of players who ever played in the NFL. That's how good a football player I think he is. Uh, I think he was a legendary player, a legendary leader, uh, Captain America, the whole thing. So I put Roger Staubach on an extremely high level. And I think he would be great in any generation. I think he was one of the all-time great players and is as exciting a football player as I've ever seen. And also, I have to tell you, my favorite football player of all time. George emails, for many years I've listened. You said uh, Gleber Torres would be untouchable in trades. What are your thoughts currently? Initially, I agreed. However, things have changed. Hey, things have changed. Did he look like a player who was can't miss? Absolutely. He did to everybody. He had a middle infielder who was putting up enormous numbers. I think they moved him and screwed him up. And now I think he has, you know, this first half of this year looked like an all-star season. He has been terrible since the all-star break. He's been mired in a terrible slump since the all-star break. He has not produced at all. But about him, I'm not as down on him as I am on other guys because, number one, he's always been good in, 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 in late-game situations. And number two, I still think he has ability. I don't think he's the problem, but I would not call him untouchable. I think he's lost that status. You have to keep. You have to prove it. Listen, he showed that he had that kind of ability, but greatness comes from doing it year after year after year, and he hasn't done that. For whatever reason, he hasn't done that. So should he be untouchable? Absolutely not. Tim in Morristown, Super Bowl 25, the Bills were actually leading 12-3 at one point in the second quarter. Yes, they were, 12-3. Uh, they had knocked, you know, they had knocked Hostetler almost cold. It's amazing that he held onto the ball for the safety, that he didn't lose the ball uh, and give up a touchdown. Do you blame the Bills' offense more than Norwood missed field goal in that game? I don't really blame anyone for missing a field goal at 10 o'clock at night on a natural grass, 47 yards with a little bit of a dew forming on the, on the turf, uh, 47 yards is no gimme. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I've never blamed the game on Norwood. Uh, I, I thought the key to the game was without any question, the Giants offensive line and their running game's ability to control the game from that point at 12-3. The Giants, at the end of the first half, had an enormous drive that ended with a touchdown Baker touchdown to make it 12-10 going into the half. The drive was eight minutes and some change. They just pounded the ball led by Jumbo Elliott, just doing an incredible job. Uh, on the offensive line, but the offensive line and obviously their power running game took over the game, kept the ball, drove it down the field, kept it out of Kelly's hands. Then you had an intermission, and then the Giants took the ball in the second half, had another enormously long drive that gave them a 17-12 to 12 lead. So from 12-3 to 17-12, Jim Kelly and that lethal Bill offense never touched the game in real time. Not football time, in real time for an hour and a half. 
They never touch the football. Going into the half, the long halftime, coming out of the half, they never touch the football. Remember something about the Bills in that game. We talk about the Giants' defense. The Giants' defense allowed the Bills 19 points in 19 minutes. Okay? That was it. All right? The bottom line is they kept them off the field. The Giants kept the ball over 40 minutes in that game. The time of possession was the best defense for the Giants that day. It wasn't just the defense because, remember something, they challenged them to run by playing a defense that would challenge them to run the ball. Thurman Thomas had a huge game. He was the best player on the field that day. Had a huge game. They did move the football, but they never had the football. They never had the football, which is why they lost the game. Yes, they could have won it on a 47-yard field goal, but they couldn't handle the Giants' running game, and the Giants kept the ball over 40 minutes, and that's how they were able to beat the Bills that day. In a game that was still the best Super Bowl I think ever played, no turnovers in the game, and the game was in the backdrop of the Gulf War, Whitney Houston, the whole thing. It was an incredible scene. The Giants played a flawless game against a lethal offensive team that had scored 50 points against the Raiders in the AFC title game uh, and upset the Bills in a terrific, terrific game, one for the ages. Moen Edison, do you think Aaron Boone will keep his job if the Yankees don't win the World Series? I think this year there will be such a bitter taste in the Yankees' mouth that I would not be surprised if there were changes made, wholesale changes to the Yankees, if they don't win this year. Joe asks, you've said that Aaron Rodgers could be the most talented quarterback ever to play. No question. Physically, I don't know how you could be better than he is at. He has the perfect skill set for the position. Absolutely perfect. And he's been public with some of his political views and calling out the media. How do you feel about media members changing their opinions on players uh, for MVP status or Hall of Fame status based on their opinions? I don't think their opinions should matter. I think you're, you're voting on the player's performance on the field. It's not a character award. It's a most valuable player award. To me, that should have nothing to do with it. It has to do with, to me, Hall of Fame, MVP is based on the player's career. His importance to the team, the things he did to impact his team, not what he did away from the game. There are some guys who weren't one of some natures, the noblemen that are in the Hall of Fame, as we know. Anthony emails, which recent quarterback do you think could have turned out to be solid players if they had had more time to mature, more time on the bench, and given time rather than be rushed? Listen, a lot of quarterbacks get ruined. It's very hard to say. If a quarterback can get into the right setting early, be surrounded by good players, be surrounded by good coaching, be nurtured, he could become a very useful player that maybe he would crash and burn and become a bad player if he didn't have those things early in his career. So I think a lot of quarterbacks have been ruined. But most of the time, you know what? The talented quarterbacks 
rise to the top most of the time. Not always. There's some good players that have been ruined, but uh, I think it does matter how you deal with them early in their career. Ian asks a question about your career. What meant more to you in hindsight if you had to choose? The Marconi Awards or having thousands of fans show up to an event like uh, Francesicon dressed as you? Um, listen, I think they're both important. I mean, I think awards are nice. I think it, you know, obviously it's how we measure our career against other folks. I mean, is your career, you know, you're going to be devastated if you don't win an award? No. But does it add to stuff when you have, you know, awards like Marconi's or Hall of Fames or different awards? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's always nice. Um, but I have to tell you, some of those events like those Francesicons, which were mind-boggling events in terms of uh, the fan reaction, the number of people there, and the reaction and the uh, rabid nature of the fans, uh, it was something I would never forget, really. It was some of the most memorable stuff I ever saw, I have to tell you. It's, it's, it has stayed with me all these years, and who, it would stay with anybody because to get that kind of reaction is something that is you know, extremely overwhelming and uh you're very thankful for it and i always have been okay iggy do you think there is any path for president trump to get the republican nomination for president in 2024 this is something we can deal on obviously once we get way past the midterms and then we get into the next presidential cycle would i say there's no for him to get the nomination I wouldn't say zero, but I think it's extremely, extremely slim. Based on what happened at the end, based on some of the stuff we're hearing now, I think it's extremely, extremely slim. I wouldn't say zero, but I would say that it's a long shot. David asks, do you agree that any team who signs the Grom should only expect 20 starts a year? Do you think he will be a closer later in his career? I don't think he will ever be a closer because closers have to have durability and DeGrom has no durability. So I do not think he will ever be a closer. Is his uh, injuries and his lack of innings pitched something you have to be fearful of? Enormously. Anybody who gives him a contract, and listen, I don't rule out the Grom staying here under any circumstances. When you're dealing with someone who has the money that the Met owner has, I would not in any way rule out the fact that the Grom uh, is here. Um, do I think you have to see what the Grom offers you this year before you think about laying that money down? Absolutely. You have to see him start to show more durability for the rest of this year because his durability is an extremely extremely big part of the equation and, and it's always going to be but i'll tell you i don't know about you but i have been not only pleasantly surprised i have been amazed at how good his stuff has been since he came back it has been electrifying and i didn't think it would be this good it has been overwhelming how good he's been he just needs to stretch it out a little more and i think you'll start to see that lou asks were you surprised by the value of the russell wilson contract yes i thought it was an exorbitant um do you think there will be a return on investment? Yes. I think he is a, I think there's two quarterbacks, veteran guys that we know very well, who are going to new settings, who are going to do very well this year in the regular season. And they are going to be big stories this regular season. Matty Ice in Indianapolis, 
and Russell Wilson in Denver, and I think they're both going to do very well. Back after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Bet Rivers Network uh, for the Mike Francesa Podcast. Send your emails to Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, big things this week. Stay tuned. Be looking every day for stuff coming out of us this week. Otherwise, you will say, ah, I can't believe I missed it. Don't miss it. We got some big surprises for you and some special shows coming your way this week to open up the football season. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.